0: Welcome to the First Right podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm your host, Jerry Ewalt, Chief Marketing Officer for Restoration of America. Today, we are blessed to have a special guest, a prominent media critic in America, Dan Gaynor. Dan has been doing this for decades and understands liberal media bias and how it changed over the years. Dan, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on.
0: All right. So, my first question for you, right? I, 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 the audience really wants to know. Give us your background and the evolution of your career and how you got to this point today.
1: Well, I I started in journalism, and when I say started in journalism, I was a college newspaper editor at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, which is mm-hmm. just was just a weekly, but it whetted my appetite for journalism. And then I got a job uh, coming out of college. Uh, at the Baltimore News American, which doesn't exist anymore like many newspapers, but uh, that was the beginning. I moved around a little bit. I worked at the Washington Times for several years, and then I went and did a couple of news startups. But around the dot-com era, I started getting involved more in publishing, not straight journalism, but financial publishing. And the dot-com era was a bad era to be doing startups. <laughs> so I uh, ended up losing uh, not one, but a couple jobs. And, uh, you know, that place just ceased to exist or whatever. And so then I got recruited for a job at the Media Research Center. I worked at the MRC for almost 18 years. A lot of people know the MRC for more for newsbusters.org. But then, you know, in that job... I criticized the media, and you know used my journalism experience to tell them they were doing a bad job, which my gosh, they do a bad job. <laughs> so so that's that's kind of the evolution of things. And then nice I thing about working for the media research that I, I I was, you know when you're in journalism, you're supposed to be neutral. Right? Mm-hmm. supposed to be nobody is anymore, but you're supposed to be. Yeah. And so, once I was working there, I could be open about my politics, my my beliefs, and yeah, I'm conservative, and I didn't have to hide it.
0: Well, that's uh, that's great, and you and that in your career spanned what thirty 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 plus years? Is that right? Yeah, let's just go with thirty plus. Yeah, we'll so. go with thirty. Okay, no, but it's it's important, right? Because you you have a you. I'm sorry. What was that?
1: I said it sounds better than the actual number, which is closer to forty. <laughs>
0: Well, I think, you know, it's important that the audience knows, right? Because you have this unique perspective and your, your background is so diverse that it's going to help, it's, it's going to make you uniquely qualified to answer some of these questions, right? So for me, I want to know, right, if, I want your perspective on the nature of media bias today in America and how has it
1: changed over time? Well, and journalism has always been biased. There's a... There's a great movie starring Humphrey Bogart that takes place, I think, in the 1930s called Deadline USA. Anybody who likes journalism should watch this movie. Humphrey Bogart's great in it. And it was actually the foundational idea for the old TV show, Lou Grant Show. But they talked about running sort of a progressive newspaper, even in that movie. And so by the time you hit the 50s with Edward Murrow and the 60s with Walter Cronkite, you know, the journalists, the prominent journalists were all pretty much liberal. We later found out, you know, as they retired, they were, they were more open about it. Uh, but then with Nixon, journalists learned the worst lesson they could have ever learned. They learned that they could take down a Republican president mm-hmm. if they were aggressive about it. Not they could take down a corrupt president, just a Republican president. They don't. And so that drew people into the industry who are, you know, very activists. then we got the internet, and the internet basically gave people a chance to push back, which made journalists who are always pretty thin-skinned about errors, made them more aggressive, mm. blogging uh, really escalated things, and with the arrival of social media journalists who used to be kind of quiet or try to be somewhat quiet about their biases... They put them all out there because that got them clicks and follows and, you know, retweets and everything else. Right. So. So the last really, uh, you pr- even a little bit before Trump, uh, really things escalated. And then the arrival of Trump, the media just, uh, you know, they felt rejected by a guy who was one of their own. He was a media creation. And so that's they, this went nuts. Well, we're we're
0: gonna we're gonna definitely talk about Trump a bit here because I think you know that that was maybe an inflection point here. But uh, what, what you were saying makes a lot of sense, right? Because all of a sudden, everyone became journalists. Whether we went to school like you did and have all the experience you did or not, it didn't matter because everyone became a journalist. You have the internet and all the social media, and then you say something, and it becomes, it goes viral, right? And that kind of is a reinforcing loop that kind of adds to the the furor of it. And, and gets and gets everyone riled up, right?
1: Well, yeah, and remember, the, the First Amendment isn't just to protect journalists. A lot of journalists think the First Amendment is protecting them. Now, freedom of the press protects everyone, and especially in this day and age where we all can be journalists. So if you're out somewhere and you see something happen, whether it's a fire or an arrest or mm-hmm. a crime or explosion, anything like that, You've got phones and video right there, and you can you can cover it. And uh, that's the way journalism, I mean that's that's supposed to be, yeah that way.
0: Yeah, it's real time anywhere in the world right now. So it yeah. de- definitely contributes to it. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll do this, Dan. So I, I think you know so far we've kind of stayed in the middle a bit, right? and i want I want you to move a little bit to the left here, or a lot to the left. And when did we start to see the, the liberal media machine kick into high gear? You know, you, you mentioned Trump a few times. Was it with Trump and the, the infamous Trump derangement syndrome, or was it something that happened earlier?
1: Um, it was Bush-Gore. Mm. I, back before I started working at the Media Research Center, I was working on a book about um, That never got published, so it's, uh, you know, nobody go to Amazon for this. But I was working on a book about how the left used the internet. And I've been online since 1995, or, uh, you know, basically since we got the World Wide Web. And I saw how quickly they went off the deep end. And in their sort of oddball defense, I think if the right had, if the Supreme Court ruling had been reversed in Bush Gore, I think the right would have gone off the deep end. And mm. so they went off the deep end, and there's no looking back. The, mm. the stuff that you saw 20 years ago online where the most radical leftist activists were talking about it, whether it's gender or race or you know, sexuality, whatever it was, they were promoting that then. And the people who were promoting that then are in charge now. Mm-hmm. And that's really, so So I think that was the inflection point. Trump Trump was what I think the military liked to refer to as a force multiplier. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and, and so when Trump arrives, it's just like, okay, do you think it was bad before? And I remember joking, a friend of mine uh, is a reporter, and we, we talked a lot during Trump. The first Christmas time during Trump we all got a week off and the media kind of calmed down, everybody kind of relaxed. And I thought, okay, things won't be so oh, nope. <laughs> that was it. That was the last week we had during Trump. And even now, here it is. Yeah, you know, we're getting closer to two years, you know, since the election, and all the media can talk about is Donald Trump. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so you, you had, so tw- it started 20 years ago, in, in your opinion, right? Things started kicking into high gear. Uh, maybe not everyone noticed it, uh, but as, as time progressed, we saw a focal point in Trump, right? Where people were able to focus their attention on it. And at the same time, we did see a shift in certain people coming into power to help amplify that even further. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the fact that. <sighs> Trump ran for election, all the media guaranteed he wouldn't win. I mean, you remember election night with that New York Times meter that was, you know, said 95 or 97 percent, and then watching it during the night as it shift. And that actually was the second major thing to happen that year, because remember, Brexit happened, and Britain experienced the exact same thing that we experienced, where there was this disconnect from polling... And reality mm. where ordinary people had their say and it didn't go with what the establishment wanted so I, I remember staying up and watching the BBC that night and staying up and watching CNN election night and both times they were shell-shocked mm. uh, you know that and that's that's when you know they 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 lost the election and they you know and they're like and when I say they lost journalists Lost an election, they threw mm. their full weight at, and they decided, okay, that didn't work, so now we're going to do even more. Mm.
0: They're doubling down, basically, what you're saying.
1: Uh, I wouldn't say doubling. I mean, uh, you know, uh, what's like, infinity down. Force, force the force
0: multiplier that you mentioned, right? Yeah, and, and yeah. look where we're at today. So, I mean, that that leads me to my next question, right? So, it's it's insane out there, and and we'll say both sides, right? I'm not going to sit back and say that that the conservatives. Do it better, or haven't used these tactics as well. But for for the, your average everyday non-news junkie, right? How do they go out and get the get the news? How do they understand what's really going on in the world? Because you're you're being bombarded with with you know liberal media and conservative media. And how do you figure out how to get in the middle? I mean, can we do that? How how would you recommend we do it?
1: Well, I mean, there's no it, there's there's a lot fewer outlets that you know that uh, one side or the other would look at and say it's neutral Associated Press used to be that way Associated Mm -hmm. Press is far to the left now Mm. Uh, so so uh, you know it's the only way to do it is to have a healthy news diet Mm. and that means you know you don't uh, just like you would eat normally you don't eat all of one thing if you're if you're conservative make a point of you know, monitoring some liberal sites, uh, you know, look at CNN and MSNBC, but also pick some people who are prominent people on the other side if, you, if you're if you active on social media and follow them. In um, the same, if you're conservative, you know, do this, you know, yeah. the same thing. You have to pe- pick people, both sides a little bit, pick some outlets on both sides. You won't find necessarily the middle, but you'll tack closer to it and, and if something big happens that you're interested in, I've, and again, if you're active on social media, particularly Twitter I, or Getter or wherever, I strongly urge you to pick, to find some good experts. The war in Ukraine, as a history mm-hmm. uh, buff, I find the war in Ukraine sad, depressing, but fascinating because you're watching you know something happen in real time. And I didn't feel that the media were covering it enough or properly for me so I sought out experts and there's a couple of people I, I found who seem particularly intelligent. And so I follow them on Twitter and they're my go-to not the major media.
0: Yeah. I I think that's, that's really good advice, right? Because I, I find myself in normal everyday conversations with people outside, maybe my, my social circle and, and, you know, maybe they're liberal, obviously I'm, I'm conservative here, but, but there's such a, there's such a gap and, and both sides need to understand, you know, how the other feels so that you can try to figure out how to get to that common ground. And the only way you could do it really is trying to understand or put yourself in, in that person's shoes, reading some, you know, finding those experts, as you said, maybe on both sides to get both perspectives and then make your own decision, right? Don't, don't just side with one because that's what I always listen to or that expert, but make your own decision.
1: Well, you just, you talked about, but didn't use the word and you used one of my favorite th- things. You talked about empathy. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, the war in Ukraine is a great example. I, I'm very strongly on the side of Ukraine, personally. I have Ukrainian-American nieces and a Ukrainian-American sister-in-law. I'm, I'm not neutral on this issue, one iota. But there's some conservatives who, because the, the left has backed uh, Ukraine, there's some conservatives who reflexively, you know, have been critical of that. Now you can be critical of the spending, how much money we're throwing at Ukraine. i all live long day, and I don't, I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. But, but to ha- you have to have some empathy about what is happening in Ukraine yeah. to kind of see both sides. And so that's what I would urge people to do in general, and, and then, also if something is a rapidly moving news event, mm-hmm. like shooting um, or any sort of th- you know natural disaster or anything like that. Assume a lot of what is initially reported will be wrong. And that's mm-hmm. just the fault of that. Journalism always been called the, uh, the first draft of history. The first draft <laughs> yes. is often wrong. So you just have to accept that. And don't blame necessarily journalists who, you know, they, they got information from person A. Look at the Uvalde case. We're continuing to hear more and more damning information about how the police mishandled that. every day you hear more like oh my god and and so you know if you had just taken the police account initially you would believe one thing if you looked at things now it's complete complete opposite
0: yeah i think i think that's powerful right we talked about the speed of the internet and how people um are jumping in and they're becoming their own reporters now and things like that we we move to conclusion too quickly right we're we're getting things real time but we also try to make a decision instantly on what actually happened. And to your point, many times that could be wrong. We need to get all the facts and figures before we make more conclusive decision.
1: Well, I look at video, particularly if you see video and you only see a tiny bit of the video, assume that there's more to it. I'm thinking particularly right now, the Nicholas Sandman case where, uh, you know, the, uh, the confrontation happened in, in DC where, uh, a Native American goes up and is drumming right in his face. And Nicholas Samuels is standing there because he didn't know what to do. And he's just a high school kid. Right. And the attacks he received from the media, which he's already won, I think, two of his court cases, yeah. uh, you know, were insane. But then when you look at the whole video, you realize he's not at fault at all. So if you if somebody shows you a snippet of 15 seconds of video, be immediately suspicious of it, no matter who does it or what side you know, look for context.
0: Yeah, no, that's, uh, that. that is wise. So I'm hearing empathy and patience, right? And do do, do your digging, dig into it, right? Because there's more to the story than that 15 second Twitter or TikTok video that you're watching.
1: And I would say, and I, I would be the first to admit, I don't always do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say be, be Christian about how you handle yeah. all of this. And, you know, that, Everyone makes mistakes. If we are all held to the standard of our worst day, mm. then we are all awful people. And I refuse to believe that. We are all I believe we're not all good, but I believe the abiding, overwhelming majority of people are are inherently good. And the reason why I see that is you will often see cases where a little kid wanders into the street and People will run out in front of moving cars Mm -hmm. to save a kid, Uh, jump into, into the water to save a little kid, even if they can't swim. Human beings do good deeds, but they also make mistakes because, you know, we, we all are human.
0: Amen to that. I I couldn't agree with you more. And um, we do get caught up. It's easy to get fired up on seeing again, those, those short video clips jumping to conclusions. Focusing on that, as opposed to focusing on humanity, uh, which is what we're supposed to do. We're all here for each other, help each other out, and we we tend to lose sight of that. So I, I, I thank you for thank you for sharing
1: that. Well, it's you know, with age brings wisdom, <laughs> <laughs> but I think experience brings you know you ha- you have a, a more you go through this a lot. And like I said, I'm sure anybody look at my Twitter history. I'm sure I've done the wrong thing again, I'm just as human
0: as anybody else. Yeah. No, we, we, we all have. And that, that's that humility piece that comes with it. It comes with the experience of the 30 years or more. <laughs> okay. So Dan, my last question for you, right? I want you, to, I want you to go out and kind of think about what's going to happen in the future. So on the horizon, right? Do we see any of this starting to change? Do we see a more polarization over the next, let's call it next five years. We know that we're, Trump maybe, expe, we expect an announcement maybe from Trump in the near future of whether he's gonna run again. We know he's a focal point for the liberal media. Do we continue to see that, that gap get bigger and bigger? Or are we gonna be able to bring this together and, and find a, a common ground, a middle ground
1: in the media? Um, I think unless there's some sort of external influence, Uh, a war or something like that. I think we continue to not just polarize, but self-sort. And by that, I mean I've noticed a lot of conservatives around Washington moving to the the big three, uh, Tennessee, Texas, and Florida, to get out of a very liberal area and move into a more conservative area. I think uh, the abortion decision is going to drive pro-abortion forces out of those states more into liberal states and so i think you're going to see some sorting of that now americans are notorious for binding together in times of trouble so if something got really happened maybe we would Um, ultimately yeah i i think we've already we're already seeing the signs that the left is going to play the same game against whoever runs even if it's not donald trump i saw yesterday uh, various people, including Max Boot, who writes for the Washington Post, attacking Ron DeSantis. Right. And if Ronald Reagan were resurrected and ran tomorrow, they'd they'd be running the same games on him. And so that, I think that's the perspective for people. It doesn't matter whether you support Donald Trump or not. Whoever you support, they're going to do this too. And so that that means people need to be prepared for that. And, and yeah. you know, Embrace whatever media uh, that you find interesting out elsewhere. I mean I'm, I'll use this as a chance to plug. Uh, there's, there's a lot of there are a lot of conservative, not just websites that do news, but all sorts of media. there are people who have launched uh, conservative books for children. people you know, I myself write uh, some science fiction mm-hmm. you know that has a has a, a, a leaning. And there's a lot of authors who do that. And and so if you're unhappy with the way things are, support people and websites and organizations that do something different.
0: No, I I think, I think that's great. Uh, Dan, yeah. Dan, anything that you want to share before we wrap up for the audience here? Well, I mean, I,
1: we just had the 4th of July Mm -hmm. and as, as, and I really, it's an important holiday, and I'm not one of the people who bashes our founders and bashes this nation. And I think, foundationally, we still live in the greatest country ever, not just ever created, but ever conceived. And so, you know, the, the Bible would tell you not to lose hope and not to lose faith. And so I don't want people to, you know, if you're not happy with the way things are, though, get up off your butt. And help change them. That means run. Don't just you know help. Oh, I gave ten dollars to this politician. No, run for your local school board. I've seen that happening around the country as people get rejected. Right. What's happening in schools? Run for your zoning board. Zoning is really important, even if it's wonky as hell. Um, <laughs> you know, I used to cover zoning at one point. Uh, the you know get involved. Help somebody who's running if you can't run yourself. Contribute not just money but Time support like I said support websites and authors there's a ton of independent media out there that looks at the world differently Mm -hmm. Uh, you know look at somebody I've been on with Tim Poole and uh, Tim Poole he wouldn't call himself conservative he Tim Poole's an independent thinker and I follow I have to follow Tim since he covered uh, Occupy Wall Street many years ago Mm -hmm. and you know so support people like that support you know and then you know, if you like what someone does, even if you don't, even if you can't support them, send them a note, retweet them on Twitter or post them on Facebook. Get involved because I can guarantee you the people who disagree with you and hate everything you believe, they're involved.
0: Well, I'm I'm grateful that you ended on this message because I, I couldn't agree with you more. We're Everything is in God's control. He is active and engaged in the world and in the affairs of the world, and everything going on. Or we have to remember also that he, he, he asks us to get involved, right? We can't just sit around and get worried about things and say it's, it's, it's a lost cause. There's nothing we could do about it because that's not true, right? So if we get involved, we get active. We have a chance to turn this around and bring that humility and, and civility back into the country that we so desperately need. So uh, I, I think that's a fantastic message and, and well-received. It's so important for this day. Oh.
1: Well, thanks. Be the change you want to see, yeah. basically.
0: Absolutely. All right, Dan. Well, thank you so much. This was fantastic. I really enjoyed our our talk and uh, I wish you the best. So thank you. Thank you. You have a, a blessed day. God bless you. Yep. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First
1: Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting First Right to 30161. That's First Right, all caps, one word to 30161.